He's coming soon, there's no doubt. I'm gonna leave this world with a shout. Sin will be gone, everything will be right. Keep looking up, He may come tonight. He's coming soon, there's no doubt. I'm gonna leave this world with a shout. Sin will be gone, everything will be right. Keep looking up, he may come tonight. chapter 6 this evening, Matthew chapter 6, we're going to continue on with our House on the Rock series, doing this for a while. Of course, if you remember, starting out, we talked about having a happy home. A happy home is, of course, very important. It will help your kids to want to follow you if you're miserable all the time and nobody's happy. They're not going to want to live that same kind of life. And we see that in Matthew 5. God, Jesus tells us how we can be blessed or how we can be happy. And then we talked about a helping home. We talked about having a life that's focused on making a difference, being a help, being a light to the world. And then we talked about having a holy home. Jesus talked about... And then we kind of went into that sub-series, I guess, of following the least commandments. And now we're in chapter 6. And so... Today we're going to be talking about a humble home. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to keep this up with the H's, but so far they've kind of been alliterated, and I'm usually not really good at that. And next week's especially. I don't know. I don't know. I might have to twist it a little bit, but but we'll we'll see what happens on the title. But anyway, Matthew chapter six. Let's read verses one through eight. It says, "Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them." Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly." And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking." 
Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that You'll just help us through this message tonight. Lord, I pray that we will take these things serious, dear God, and we'll try to think of ways that we can apply them to our life and that we'll follow them. And I pray You'll help us to have stronger homes. You'll help us, Lord, as we try to build our house upon You and be like that wise man. In Your name we pray. Amen. Of course, we've been talking in these things. Uh, we've mentioned before how Jesus said at the end of His sermon, if you'll hear these things and do them, you'll be likened unto that wise man. And we're, even though we're in another chapter here, we're, He's still in the same message. He's preaching that same sermon on the mount. And he, and he starts out and He talks about doing your alms, talk, which is basically giving your offering or, or giving. Uh, he's, taught, he's trying to tell them about how to do that and he says that you do not before men to be seen of them. You know, many times as Christians and in churches, we see people who do some good things, but they kind of do it with the wrong motivation. They do it trying to put on a show, trying to just, they want to make sure people see them. They want to be recognized. And Jesus said that's not the way you're supposed to do it. While it is good to give, you ought to give out of obedience to God because you want to please Him. It's not about trying to impress other people. And so we see here that we need to strive to please God and not to please others. Very important. It's very important we do that. I lost my paper here I was looking for. Sorry about that. I'm going to get sidetracked. Anyway, Abby, what did you do with my notes? You set it up here? Alright, I've got your notes, but I don't I don't have mine. Oh my goodness. I'm, oh there we go. There we go. Okay. Alright, but so we we need to strive to please God and not to impress others. Strive to please God and not to impress others. That's you know, it's it, you you've seen that before, you've probably been there where you see people doing things and it's just this big show. It's almost it can almost be nauseating. I believe Jesus. I don't think He liked it. And he, uh, he didn't want people doing that to be seen of men. But really, when we stop and think about this passage, it almost sounds like a contradiction of what we read in the last chapter about letting your light shine before men. If you remember that, we talked about on purpose, we need to try to live like a Christian. We need to try to be a light to the world. Jesus said to let your light shine before men. It says not to hide that light under a bushel but on a candlestick. And it can almost sound like it, but we do know that there are no contradictions in the Bible. If you're reading the Bible and you see something that looks like a contradiction, it's not, a, it's not that it's a contradiction, it's just our think, your thinking is not right on that subject. If you continue to study, you'll see that it, it does make sense. And we see that in this passage, that there is a difference between trying to set an example to be a help to others and then just trying to impress people so you can get praise of men. There's a huge difference. I want to be a light to this world because I want to see people get saved. I want people to know I'm a Christian. In this church, we want to do things in a way that honors God, in a way that glorifies God. And we want and we want people to see it. We want them to be drawn to that. We want to point these people to Christ. But it's not about getting praise. If, if you know, That's not what we're trying to do. And these people here that we read about in Matthew 6, they're giving their alms, trying to put on a show. And then if you continue reading in verse 2, it says, Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogue. I can just picture this. Somebody goes, maybe this rich guy, 
and he goes to give that offering and they start blasting the trumpets and so-and-so is here to give a thousand dollars to the church today. And everybody, boy, they're just clapping for him. And boy, he just feels great. Boy, these people are, you know, he's thinking, man, these people are looking at me and they must know that I'm very wealthy because I'm giving this much money. And they, now they all know how generous I am and how important I am and how good of a Christian I am. And Jesus said not to do that. He said, don't sound a trumpet. Don't put on a show. Number two that you see on your papers there, God is pleased when we are, He's pleased when we're a light to the world, but God is more pleased, number three, when we do right, when no one is looking. That's what God's really impressed with. You know, it's one thing you ought to do right all the time. You've seen that maybe your children, uh, when they were when they were smaller even now, that they act one way when mom and dad's there, but it's a little bit different when nobody's looking. Maybe in school you've experienced that before. If the teacher leaves the room for a moment, all of a sudden behavior drastically changes. Alright, now I remember I remember when I taught in the school. Uh, those kind of things happen. I remember, you know, when I when I would leave the classrooms, they, uh, you know, I would hear stories about different things that took place. And listen, I was glad that they behaved when I was in there. I'm glad that they behaved while I was watching. But I would have really appreciated it a lot more if, when I wasn't there, they would behave. I remember there were times when I wasn't able to be there, and maybe somebody else would be filling in. Some maybe some of the other teachers, maybe who were nicer than I was, I guess. Maybe who weren't as strict. And I remember I told the kids, I said, listen, I was going to be gone one time. And I told them, I said, listen, I want you guys to behave yourself all the time. But I'm here to tell you that if I find out that you acted any worse while I was gone, we're going to have some real problems when I come back. I ought to be able to not be here and you still behave. And so I and, and they did they did pretty good in that case. There were some other cases where there was exceptions, but you know what? God is pleased when we do right when nobody's looking, when nobody can see it. He wants us to do right all the time. He doesn't want us to put on a show. Number four, don't try to put on a show. This isn't something that we do just to be seen of men, just to get praised. Sound you know sounding the trumpets. Said you know I I I just have that picture in my head. Of them making this big production of it, I can just see the man. You know, maybe the man, rich man, he's standing there and thinking, you know, what? we don't have a very big crowd here today. I'm going to wait until next week. There'll probably be a bigger crowd because I want to make sure everybody sees what I do. That's not something that pleases God, and it's not something that we ought to do. We ought to be humble about the things that we do right. There are things that uh, the world is going to see us do that are different. And we ought to be humble about it. You know, as a Christian, if just because maybe uh, you dress different than the rest of the world does, doesn't mean we need to go around strutting ourselves and making it like we're this real holy person. We ought to be humble about it. There are there's things that we do that are going to be noticed. Don't act all prideful about it. Maybe somebody notices that your language is a little bit different than other people. You don't use all the foul language. Don't be like, well, it's because I am this very spiritual person and I am... A holy man of God, and I would never use that type of language. Tell you what, you do that kind of thing, you're not you're not going to impress anybody. All you're going to do is make them want you to slip up. You ever known somebody that was just really arrogant? One thing that everybody has in common in that situation is people love to see them fall. They love to see him fail. Maybe uh, maybe an athlete that's known for being very arrogant. Boy, people just love it when something bad happens to him. 
It's because that person was just so arrogant and you got to see him fall, but when you're humble about it, it's a lot different. And that's what God wants us to be. That's what we're talking about tonight. Our desire, number five, should be to gain rewards in heaven. We want to, hopefully you want to gain rewards in heaven. Jesus said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. You know what? There are things, uh, there are things in this earth that really are everything to people. Possessions, money. But you know what? Unfortunately, you can lose those things just like that. You know, I decided a long time ago when it comes to my finances and my treasures that I'm going to worry a lot more about being in the will of God than I am about laying up treasures. You know, it's, it's amazing how many people will get out of the will of God for maybe an extra $5,000 a year or maybe an extra ten, even $10,000 a year. But you know, one of the things that I've noticed is that $5,000 can go like that. Maybe your car... You know, a car wreck, maybe a medical bill. I mean, it can go just like that. And you know, I've never in my life made a lot of money. But you know what? God has blessed my life. My, uh, I mean, He's. I haven't had a lot of those big things happen. But you know what? It could just like that. And there is no way I want to get out of the will of God just for a little more treasures because those treasures can go just like that. The things that are in people's homes that they just they treasure and value more than anything. You know, that could go in a fire. It could be gone. It could go in a tornado. There's no, there's no telling. I mean, uh, I just drove through Joplin this last week and I saw one of the spots where the tornadoes went through. It was a, it was a, a wooded area. You can see all these trees just laid out. And many people during that time, they lost homes and they lost everything they had. It went just like that. And you know what? And those things can happen even if you're in the will of God. But if they're going to happen to me, I want it to happen in the will of God because if it does happen then, I'm still going to be okay. God's still going to take care of me. I can trust Him. But if I'm out of the will of God, I don't have that guarantee. And he says our desire shouldn't be to lay up treasures on earth. But the Bible says lay up your treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. The treasures that you lay up in heaven... Those things are forever. They're eternal. That car that people will just destroy their finances to buy, ten years from now, probably be in a junkyard. Two or three years from now, you're not even going to care about it anymore. You're going to want another one. It's going to go just like that. The thing, and, uh, but the treasures that you lay in heaven, and we do that by doing things for God, by giving to the work of God, by being a blessing to others. You may not really get repaid here in this earth, but in heaven, you'll get to enjoy the rewards forever. And then Jesus went on to say, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If your life is all about treasures on this earth, you're only going to care about earthly things. You're only going to think about the things of the earth. But if, your treasure, if you've been laying up treasures in heaven, that's going to be your focus. You're going to be focusing on the heavenly things. And we need to strive to lay up treasures in heaven. And then number six, we see that when we're noticed and praised on earth, we lose the heavenly reward. Notice what it says there at the end of verse 2. Or it says that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They've already got it. If you, if you came up here today and you made this big production 
about you know maybe giving something to somebody or giving money to the church, well, well, that's a good thing, and well, we'll take it. I'm here to tell you, your reward though, if you're is going to be already, it's going to be here on earth. Boy, we'll recognize. Maybe everybody recognizes you for it, and they clap for you, and they make a big deal. That's your reward. You got the praise of men, and while that might be fun every now and then, it doesn't compare to the rewards that are in heaven. That praise of men, let me tell you, it doesn't last very long. They'll forget about it real quick, and that can change just like that. Have you ever known somebody that thought you were great one day? And then the next day they hated your guts just that quick. I tell you, boy, that's that's why I don't worry a whole lot. Listen, I want people to like me and things like that. I, I do. I'm normal. I don't. I don't. You know, set out to gain hatred. I'm not. I'm not like that. But at the same time, I'm not going to go too out of my way, and I'm definitely not going to go against the word of God just to make people like me, just to get praise of men, because it can change just like that. I've seen that. These days, I almost get scared if people compliment me too much. Because you know what? I've seen that it can change really fast. The first person to publicly praise you is usually the first person that will publicly put you down. And so, don't try to gain that. If you hear somebody else getting praised, don't envy them. Chances are it's going to change. They've already got their reward. But if you do something and you do it in secret, maybe nobody notices it. Maybe nobody cares. Maybe you don't get recognized at all. But I'm here to tell you that God knows what you did. And God is paying attention to it. And God's going to reward you for it. And it's a whole lot better than anything that man could do for you here on this earth. But when we get praised on earth, it says they already have their reward. It's already there. And uh, we need to strive to get the rewards that are in heaven. And then number seven, we see that some things are better to do in secret. Some things are better to do in secret. Verses 3 and 4 says, But when thou doest, uh, when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. In other words, we're not, we're not making a show of this. We're not making it where it's, it's almost like we're, we're doing it in secret. We're doing it privately. Nobody knows. It says that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Some, I tell you, that, it, it's a good thing to do sometimes, just in secret. You know, you want to be a blessing to somebody? Do it in a way where they won't even know that it's you. A private gift. Maybe you, you just send them something in the mail with no return address. I don't know. I'm sure you could think of ideas. You do it in secret. And the Bible says that when you do that, God will reward you openly. And number eight, the things done in secret will be revealed by God. And let me tell you, that goes for the good and the bad. The good, that's kind of exciting, but the bad, that's not good. The things that are done in secret, they're going to be made known by God. And when we do good things in secret, God will openly reward you. You know, there's people out there today that are very that you see God blessing them, you see God doing things in their life, and sometimes people are like, why are they so blessed? Well, you know what? Maybe it's because they've been doing a lot of good things in secret. Maybe maybe things in private that nobody knows about. They've been doing things for other people, and God is rewarding them openly. He said He'll do that. And that's what we ought to, we ought to try to do. That don't don't get all caught up in putting on a show. Boy, these Pharisees—they were good at things like that. The Pharisees, 
What well, you know, Jesus never had anything good to say about them, but they they were always putting on a show. They had the, all the fancy clothes and they would do these good works. And it wasn't about loving God. It was all about trying to be praised of men. But the things that are done in secret, they will be revealed by God. And then all it's far greater to have God honor you than have man. So I, I there are things that there are honors that are done on this earth. It would be pretty exciting. I imagine it would be pretty neat to get an award from the president. Well, that would be pretty exciting to have the president recognize you for something great that you've done. They've done that with soldiers and things, and I'm all for that. And boy, that would be exciting. And these, and I'm, and these guys, some of they, they deserve it. But boy, can you imagine someday standing before God and having God reward you? Boy, that, nothing, compared, nothing can compare to that. Absolutely nothing. And you ought to think about that. And that ought to be your focus. And it's so much greater. I guarantee you, the, you know, the Congressional Medal of Honor. Well, what an exciting thing that must be to get something like that. What a great honor that is. But I guarantee you, it doesn't compare to being crowned by God and by being rewarded by God. And that ought to be your focus. And then in verse 6, we see something else. We see it says, "But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly." Right here that we see that uh, the the prayer. You might hear me refer sometimes to the prayer closet or praying in a closet. It's like what pray in a closet? Why would we do that? Well, it's not so much the closet that is, that's important. But what it's basically saying is praying in private. Listen, some uh, number nine. While some public prayer is okay, it can't compare to prayer in a closet. There's prayers that we do in public. You hear me pray in church. We'll have somebody pray for the offering. We'll have somebody pray in the service to uh, for God to bless the service. And I believe that those are good prayers. I believe God hears those. But boy, you know what? There's something special about that closet prayer. When it's just when it's just you and God, and you know I've heard people in church that are real good at praying public prayers. Boy, they're eloquent, man. They they sound spiritual when they do it. I mean, it's just and they'll go and they'll pray these real long prayers. I remember when I was a kid, we had some people in the church. There was one in particular that he was known for praying for a really long time. And you know, I was a typical kid at the end of the service. You know, I was ready to go take off running and go play with other kids or whatever. And I remember every time I would, you know, we'd be standing there and I remember I would hear Dad calling this person to pray and I would think, oh no. <laughs> and he would pray and he would pray and pray and pray. It's like, come on. <laughs> and I, listen, there's nothing wrong with long prayer if you have something to pray about. And I, I'm not saying it's, it's wrong to pray for a long time in public. But you know, Sometimes you know you wonder: Is this just a show? Is just their way of sounding spiritual? It's like sometimes people will pray in public, and all of a sudden, you know, they their vocabulary vocabulary changes. Oh Lord God Almighty, Lord, we are so thankful to be in Thy presence today. I guess if that's the way you talk, that that's fine. But you know what? Uh, and I'm all fine with being respectful when we talk to God. But is it to is it about respect or is it putting on a show? And really, the prayers that God wants to hear are the ones that are in private. 
where you get somewhere, you're all by yourself. Nobody else is around. And it's just you and God and you just pour your heart out to God. That's what He wants, what He wants you to do. Prayers are us talking to God. It's not made to look, make a, it's not meant to make us look spiritual, number 10. We're not, we're not trying to look spiritual. Listen, I've heard people pray some prayers that, as far as man's concerned, they weren't real impressive. But you know what? They were from the heart. And I believe that's what God's pleased with. When He sees somebody that from the heart, they just, they pray whatever they, whatever they pray. They don't put all the fancy words in there. They might even stutter a little bit. But what they're saying, it comes from the heart. They realize that they're talking to God. I, some people when they pray, I don't think they're talking to God at all. I think they're just trying to talk to everybody else. Listen to me, folks. Look, listen to how eloquent I am. Listen to how spiritual I sound. That's not what prayer is all about. We're not here to put on a show. Remember, we're talking about humility. And uh, it is far or uh, number eleven. It will be self-evident if you have a good prayer life. It will. It'll be. It'll be self-evident. Number six, it says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Listen, there's people that I know that I know they have a good prayer life. I can just tell. And boy, I love having people like that pray for me. I remember one time I was in teen class and I was talking to the teenagers, and I remember telling them, say, listen, it is... So important, even as a teenager, I said, you ought to make friends with the senior citizens in the church. I said, it's important. And I remember I said, anybody know why it's important to make friends with the senior citizens? The woman spoke up and said, because they have money. <laughs> I said, no, that's not it at all. I said, most, most of the ones that I know and in our church, they didn't have a lot of money. But I said, you know why it's important to have friends that are senior citizens? Because they're usually good prayer warriors. And boy, we, I remember we had some of them there. Just people that knew how to pray. And God answered their prayers. While they couldn't do a lot for the church physically, while they weren't the ones you'd see out knocking on doors, or maybe they weren't the ones you'd see up in church singing a special or preaching a message, they were people who prayed. And they were faithful in their prayer life. And God would answer their prayers. And man, I love people like that. Because you know what? I want people praying for me. I don't know about you, but I need prayer. And we all need prayer. And people that have a good prayer life, well, you can just you can tell. One of the things that we we've done as we've gone to different churches, and we've uh, before we started here, and we were telling people about it, is we tell people pray for us. And I believe people have been doing it. I believe that Brother Castle's church. I know they've been praying for us, and that kind of thing it helps. And people who have a good prayer life, listen, God, Bible says He rewards them openly, and you you can just you can tell. I don't know how to explain it, but you can tell when somebody has a good prayer life. There was a lady who went to church at Lighthouse. This lady was she was one of those prayer warriors. She was one of these ladies that she always seemed to notice the things that nobody else noticed. She always tried to help those who I mean she she just noticed things. And she prayed for you. And I remember we were going through a difficult time financially. And this this lady just we didn't tell anybody about it, but out of the blue, just it was kind of it was kind of regular, but you never knew. She would just she'd give us she'd give us money and help us out. She'd write a check. Sometimes she'd give us cash, and just always at the right time. 
And I remember we were trying to get some things right in our life with our finances. And it, I remember finally, the, the very week we finally got, we paid off all our debt. I remember she came to me and she said, she said, she said, Brother Tommy, uh, she said, a lot, a lot of people in the church had just, um, lost their jobs. It was when the economy really took a hit and several people got laid off. She said, there's several people in the church that are really struggling right now. And I, she said, I wondered if you would mind if, Instead, I started helping some of these other people. <laughs> and I told her, I said, listen, I said, I said, it's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. And I said, and, but at the same time, that was the very week where we kind of got our act together. And it was like, and she said the Lord spoke to her and wanted to help in these others. You know why? You know how we didn't tell her any of those things. But you know who did? God did. It was, she had a good prayer life. It was obvious. And I know she still prays for us now and I thank God for it. I tell you, I, 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 love, I love the senior citizens. I love people who have a good prayer life. When I was a teenager, I, my dad always taught me, make friends with the old people. And I did. And I tell you, I, I, love, I love people like that. And I, I want them praying for me. And if you have a good prayer life, it's going to be self-evident. Number 12, number 12, it's not about how much or how long you pray. You know, some people think when they pray... It's all about how much time you spend praying. And listen, I'm 100% for praying a long time. If you pray for an hour, that's great. You pray for two hours, that's great. But you know what? It's not about how much or how long. Because notice in verse 7, it says, when we pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. Now, what that's talking about there, uh, that would be like... I don't want to go name in churches or anything, but there are some places you can go and they have these repetitive prayers that they'll pray over and over and over again. Vain repetitions. Empty. It's repetitious. Boy, they know what to do. The, the, you know, the priest will get up there and he'll say something and they all repeat something back in a prayer. They've got it all written out. I, I, I've, I've seen one of the prayer books before where they've got prayers all throughout the years and that's the prayers that people say. Vain repetition. It's empty. That's what the heathens do. They'll say things maybe over and over and over and over again. Think if they say it multiple times, then that will somehow make them be heard. It's not about the length of time. It's not about how long your prayer is. Because no sense says, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. God knows the things that you need. God knows what's going on in your life. Listen, there's nothing wrong with going and praying to God and telling Him every one of those little things, but just understand that He already knows about them. He knows what's going on in your life. It's not about the length of time. It's not about how many times you do it. It's really just about talking to God. God, uh, Number 13, God just wants to hear us ask. That's that's what he wants. He knows what's going on. People think I've got to I've got to say this over and over again because I got to keep reminding God. He may forget. He may not know. Let me tell you, he knows what's going on in your life. James four two says, "Ye lust and have not; ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not." God just wants to hear you ask sometime. He wants you. I think one of the reasons is so we will understand when He does bless us, what 
what it was all about. Because we prayed. Because we asked Him. And oh, God wants to hear you talk about things. Listen, don't be ashamed. Listen, if you really need it, go ahead and ask. If you think you really need that big screen TV, go ahead and ask. I'm not saying He's going to answer. But at the same time, ask. But you know what? We need to make sure that we can accept the answer. You know, sometimes God says no. I don't know about you, but I thank God every once in a while there will be... I will just thank God for not answering certain prayers. There's been things that I've prayed for in the past that at the time I thought, I have, this prayer has got to be answered. Lord, You need to do this for me. And He didn't answer that prayer. And I was disappointed. But at the same time, later on, I was able to see uh, and when God kind of revealed something, I was like, thank God He didn't answer my prayer. I remember there was a job I wanted. I remember I prayed hard for that job. And I didn't get it. And I remember I was disappointed thinking, Lord, why, why didn't you answer this prayer? And then later on, I found out why. He had a better one out there just a little bit later down the road. A job that was way better. One that uh, if, I, if I'd have had the, had the other job, I wouldn't have gotten that one. And I saw it and I was like, thank you, Lord, that you did not answer that prayer. I remember there was a van that we wanted to buy one time. Boy, we, we found this van and we liked it. We wanted it so bad. And we, I remember uh, we couldn't really afford it. And I remember we made the mistake that we were getting ready to go to Peoria on a, uh, a trip. And they said, you know what? I told them we were going to be going there. It's like, why don't you take the van with you? Take it overnight. That was a mistake. <laughs> and we took that van, that trip. Man, we fell in love with that thing. We're like, oh man, we got to have this thing. We, we got to have it. It was out of our price. And we were praying, Lord, work it out where we can get this van. And, and we made them a lower offer and they didn't, they didn't accept it. And then they kind of counter-offered. And I remember then we made another, another offer a little higher. And they didn't take it. And they kept calling us back. And finally, I said, you know what? If they call us one more time, I'm going to go ahead and take it. And they didn't call us, and boy, we were disappointed. I remember, I, I remember, I, t- I had taken the van back, and uh, my wife was kind of expecting me to come home with it. When I didn't come home with it, she wasn't real excited. And boy, we were disappointed. It's like, man, Lord, you didn't. You know, man, man, we prayed really hard for this. But you know what? A few months later, we found another deal that was way better. Uh, it was that van we bought. It was it was way cheaper. One of the best vans we ever had. That thing ran forever. I. I sold it just because we had some better ones. I didn't need three vehicles. But you know what? God knew what we needed more than we did. And God didn't answer that prayer. He had something better for us. I thank God that there were, you know, there's been, a, you know, I, I pray, I joke about it all the time, but I talk about how I tried for years to get the Lord to call me down south. But He didn't. He called me farther north. Not much farther. But I'm here to tell you right now, I thank God for where I'm at right now. There is not a job offer in the world that I would take right now. Honestly, I can't think of anything. If somebody came, if it was offered me, I can't think of anything that would make me leave right now. I'm not saying that if God told me to do something, I wouldn't do it. But I can't think of anything that man could possibly offer me right now that would make me do uh, do something different than what I'm doing right now. I thank God for what He's done. God knows what we need more than we do. God wants to hear us ask for things, but we've got to make sure that we're content to accept the answer that God gives us. Sometimes He's going to answer in a way that we won't like. Sometimes He might tell us that we need to wait for a while. But we need to make sure that we trust Him 
And when we pray, just like in the giving, it's not about putting on a show. It's important. God wants us to be humble. God wants you to give. He wants you. He wants you to. He wants you to give in the offering. And which I guess people see that. But you know what? We don't need to put a show about how much. You know, if you're going to put a hundred dollar bill in the offering plate, maybe you ought to cover it up with a one dollar bill. I remember somebody did that. Uh, I remember one time at Lighthouse, somebody had uh, they gave five hundred and one dollars in the offering. They had this. They had five one hundreds folded up with a one dollar bill covering it. Why'd they do that? They weren't. They didn't want somebody to notice it. You know, the ushers they had no idea who did it. You know, what? trying to be humble. God wants that. And if we're going to be a light to the world, you can be a light to the world while at the same time not doing things to be seen of men. It's called humility. Being humble about the things we do. When somebody asks us about the, uh, you know, maybe about they see you being different as a Christian, you can give them an answer, but give them an answer in humility and with meekness. If somebody asks you, you know, why don't you, why don't you talk like we talk? Don't say it's because I'm not a dirty, rotten old so and so like you. Say, listen, I'm a Christian. I want to, I want to honor God. I want to, I want to speak in a way that's respectful and in a way that honors God. Be humble about it. Don't put on a show. People notice things that are different. Say, you know what? It's because the Lord saved me. I was lost and on my way to hell one time. I, I didn't deserve heaven. I, I deserve to go to hell. But you know what? God, for some reason, He still loved me. Even though I was a sinner, He still loved me. And I accepted that gift of salvation. He saved me and God's changed my life. Give God the glory. Boy, we're so focused on... Uh, people, they get so focused on making themselves look good. That's not what it's about. And let me tell you, if you want to have that house that's on a rock, I believe you need to be humble. You get lifted up with pride, let me tell you, you're going to get knocked down. The Bible says that God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. That resisteth. It means He's working against you. If you're if you have problems with pride or if you're doing things that are prideful, God is going to be working against you. And you know what? If God's working against you, you're going to lose. He's going to get you. But the Bible says He gives grace to the humble. That grace, it's unmerited favor. God will... Give you what he'll give you what you don't deserve. Just like when we got saved, he showed us he gave grace to us. We didn't deserve to get saved, but he gave it to us anyway. And when you're humble, when you humble yourself, God is going to show grace in your life. He'll bless you in ways that you don't deserve to be blessed. That's what he does for the humble. And if we want to have the right kind of home, we need to have a humble home. So let's all stand together tonight. Their heads bowed, eyes closed.